Welcome to the Sad and Buff Show, where I talk about everything at the intersection of mental health and fitness. In today's episode, I chat with Coach Sierra, a functional healer, and I have to say, this is one of the best conversations I've had. We talk about everything from being misdiagnosed to being self-aware about your own issues that you might be facing to really taking the time to be compassionate with yourself. It's all about that fine line between being and doing. And I really hope you take a lot out of it. So listen and enjoy. Thank you, Coach Yara, for joining me on today's episode. I really would love to chat with you about your journey and kind of how it intersects with mental health. So before we launch into it, if you could just give our listeners a little bit of a backstory of who you are and what you do and who you help. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Sierra. I am a functional medicine doctor. I prefer like holistic healer. (laughs) It sounds nicer, but um, with my clients, um, I specialize in hormone imbalances, digestion, and autoimmune issues. And so I'm here to help you interpret what's going on with the physical body and, and, you know, remove stressors from it and and let the body do its thing, heal itself. So um, I've spent, you know, years, well, I know we're going to get into this. I spent years in the healthcare system and trying to figure it out and was able to find functional medicine and heal myself. And now I help other people. Yeah. Which I would love to get into your story. Cause I think I, you know, I'm glad we've connected online, you know, through Instagram and other you know vehicles. But I think the thing that I love about what you do is that you actually get lab work and I know we'll jump into it. So I might be getting ahead, but I think this goes into your story, right? Not many coaches will like go to that level of like help to like actually get lab work and really look at it and really interpret it to see what's going on to transition into your story. Like you have that post on your Instagram about hitting rock bottom and what your rock bottom is. And, you know, there's a line where, or rather the whole thing, like this whole spirit of you hear doctors tell you you're fine. And it's like, that's not really what's going on. Exactly. So I would love, yeah, I would love for you to, you know, jumping off of that, launching into your story and how you were brought here. Yeah. So I um, went to med school um, a few years ago and I was training to be a PT. And as a part of that, um, you know, there were certain medications and things I had to do in order to continue on with school. And so, um, you know, going along with the flow, I did those things. And I noticed in February of 2021 that I was, you know, I come from the background of bodybuilding like you, and I was going to enter a prep that year. And so I was the healthiest I could have possibly been. And I uh, received a treatment for something. And the day after I started getting these weird symptoms, like kind of tingling, numbness and tingling and it's like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know, kind of weird. And then, you know, a few days later, more symptoms, it, it ended up turning over the course of a few weeks into like full body. Like I was vibrating, like I had migraines, auras. Um, it was, I had nerve pain. I couldn't work out without nerve pain. Um, and the thing that concerned me the most was I would just would like pee blood. Like, I know that's really harsh to hear, but I just mm. like blood was coming out of me and it wasn't anything hormonal. Like I, it was just crazy. So I ended up in the hospital and had some MRIs and 
all sorts of testing done. And, you know, I, people are like, I don't really know what's going on with you. Everything's coming back normal. Everything's fine. Uh, I get an MRI back and I was given the diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. Now, if you're not familiar with MS, it is a neurodegenerative brain disease that slowly kind of takes over your motor skills over time and years, you know, you'll end up in a wheelchair if it gets bad and, and mm -hmm. it's pretty and your life expectancy is shorter. So coming, you know, while being in medical school and hearing that this was going to be my fate, I was distraught at first, but I knew in my core that this was not my diagnosis. Like I did not have this. I was not going to identify with it and I needed answers. And so I went to several neurologists. I demanded testing. It was a whole whirlwind of some pretty low lows during that testing, things that had gone wrong. I had an emergency operation to fix one of the tests um, that had gone wrong. And I continued to seek out opinions for several months until I finally had a doctor reverse the MS diagnosis and said, you don't have it. Here are the reasons why it took three neurologists across the country in order to be able to find that diagnosis. Now, great. I don't have MS. I knew I didn't have MS, but what's going on with my body. Mm -hmm. I have full body tingles, vibrations, nerve pain, blood's coming out of me. What is going on? And they're like, well, we'll just send you to a migraine clinic and put you on medication for the rest of your life. And that'll be all. And that is not cool with me because yeah. I, as you know, like I, I wanted to speak up for myself and it took about six months of going through that just maze of no answers for me to finally say, there's gotta be another option. So I stepped away from, um, traditional medicine and I found functional medicine and more alternative medicine. And I had, it took a couple doctors there too, right? I always say there's good eggs and bad eggs in every yeah. industry. Um, but I ended up learning from one and then becoming a provider myself. I went through and received my functional medicine certification and that is what I practice now. And I was able to heal myself fully of all my symptoms. I haven't had a migraine. I don't have light sensitivity. I don't bleed randomly. Like yeah. I have none of those symptoms anymore. And that comes partially from the lab work that we'll talk about. But um, really what was the hardest part for me was standing and, and what I grew from the most was learning to find my voice and stand in my power and say, listen, like, this is not true for me. I am not this diagnosis. There is an answer and we're going to find it. Yeah. I'm so glad um, you brought up that part of it. And it makes me think of so many stories, even my own, where we have doctors saying like, either this is what it is, a misdiagnosing or saying you're fine, you just have to do this. Like they're at least, <laughs> I hate putting it in this term of the cancer world, but there's so many stories of people passing away from cancer or moving into advanced stages because doctors either said, oh, you need to lose weight or, oh, it's your monthly woman thing, right? You know, if uh -huh. you're in, again, something, especially women, we all have that story. So going through that, having to advocate for yourself mentally, emotionally, what was that experience like? It was definitely very trialing at first. Um, I believe that when we are in a good headspace, that our intuition guides us exactly where we need to be. And we know our bodies best. I tell this to all my clients, like, listen, I'm here to help and guide you, but you know, your body best. And if something's not resonating with you like that, like you let me know, or you let your doctor know, like, 
that you need to speak up because only you know what's going on inside. Um, and this is, you spoke on this, on the fact that we get so often just shoved into a label mm-hmm. and we are not labels. Like we are human beings and we are incredibly complex, especially when it comes to our health and the standard, you know, medical system that I found, you know, I thought that's what I wanted to be a part of. I found, we just put people under labels and, or, you know, whether that's a diagnosis or it's, oh, it's stress. That's always a big one with women. Oh, it's your period. Right. And you either fall into a bucket of having a label or you're not sick enough to be under one of those labels. And so you don't get treatment. Mm-hmm. And then you're wondering why you feel terrible and nobody's going to give you anything besides, you know, sometimes the random medications just to shut you up and tell you this will make you feel better, you know? Yeah. And while there's a time and a place for some of those treatments, I think that they're often overused in place of not getting to the root cause of what's going on. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like there's so much research to even kind of back that up in terms of how the medical system, if you will, the healthcare system works in that way. And so in terms of your story, you mentioned your diagnosis and then being re-diagnosed. And can you just take us through your journey of the healing from that and just kind of how you approach that in all facets? Yeah. So the first few months was definitely they were very emotional because I thought I had a progressive brain disease and, and I really turned to like spirituality, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, God universe and, and kind of turned inwards and was like, that was what I leaned on, um, to get through that time. Um, you know, and, and you kind of have these, like, I'm sure you may be able to relate with a cancer diagnosis. You kind of have these like short-term life thoughts, right. And you're mm-hmm. like, how can I live my life differently? And I'm super grateful for that experience. Um, I'm very grateful for my health now, but I'm also grateful for that perspective because it's definitely changed the way that I approach each day. Um, you know, people will say, oh, it's cheesy. Like, you know, like you should always live like you're dying, but it's true. We don't know what our days are on, on the planet. And having that sense of gratitude for being able to wake up today is, is just incredible. I think it's Whitney Simmons who says, um, uh, it's a beautiful day to be alive because she struggled with her own mental health issues. And she always says it's a beautiful day to be alive. And it truly is like, I have a friend, he goes, every day is the best day. I'm like, that's awesome. Like it's, it sounds so childish and corny to us, but if you approach a day like that, it's, it's beautiful. And and you can mm-hmm. definitely get some of, you know, the, the valleys of life. Um, as far as, you know, healing, then it was really coming into my voice as a patient. I had a voice as a provider and the authority of like, listen, I'm the doc, here's what's going on. But as a patient, I always succumbed to what was being told to me. And I learned that a patient provider relationship, and this is something I am aware of within my own coaching and any coach client relationship where there's authority, it's a two-way street. There's conversation and mutual respect. Yes, there's a level of education that we are providing to our people, but it is a two-way conversation in being able, I can't read your mind. You can't read my mind, Mm -hmm. right? So being able to stand up for myself and, you know, um, advocate for myself. And then the third piece is learning how to articulate my thoughts in a concise, but appropriate way. And, you know, leaving out what wasn't necessary, but letting, making sure my feelings came up too, Mm -hmm. like my providers, like, I'm, I feel like this isn't a good idea and here's why, and making it a conversation instead of them telling me what to do. 
And so from a, from my mental health side, that helped me feel like I was involved in the conversation. And as soon as I found providers, I were like, nope, you're doing it our way or the highway. I said, okay, well then you're not my doctor. <laughs> no, but that's, it's so important to advocate for yourself, especially in, in healthcare. But I wanted to go back to what you said about having like these phrases and whether or not they're cheesy. And I think really at the end of the day, they're not, right? It depends on the phrase that you have. But I think when it comes to like depression, anxiety, other mental health conditions, sometimes having that phrase is important to kind of like push you through. And that's one thing in my coaching, I always, you know, when we're touching on mindset stuff, I tell my clients, it's like, what is that phrase that you need to kind of like remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing or mm -hmm. to get yourself out of those negative thoughts might that might automatically come up. Like for me, when someone, if I'm having a day, I'll be like, I'm alive. And people will just be like, oh, don't be upset. Like it's, it's great. I know it's great to be alive, but that's my threshold, right? And the fact that I even got out of bed is like an amazing feat. And so it's just kind of the same way of it's great to be alive or today is the best day. It's like, it is, it may be on the, you know, more pessimistic side of it, but it's just that kind of phrase that helps you like push you through, but like, you know, I did this, I met this yes. and reminds me that I'm in a good space or I'm trying to be in a good space and it helps. I think I just wanted to touch on that, that sometimes what we see as cheesy is actually the thing that helps us get through something that we really need to get through. It quite, it quite literally does. I, um, for me, um, I know you follow my, you see my, you know, my page yeah, of about the sunshine and some people are like, you're the sunshine girl. But one of the things that I'm a big fan of sunlight for all the health reasons, but um, mental health wise, there's a lot of science and data that backs it too. Just mm -hmm. getting exposure out into the sun. Um, but one of the phrases that helps get me through is just remembering like the sun will always rise in the morning. Like no matter what that dark night looks for you, the sun has never not risen. She will always get up. And so will you like, that that that's mine for me and I think that's why I'm obsessed with the sun <laughs> because she's never she's never let me down she's always risen and we can too and and this is actually something that um I I learned not too long ago is life happens in these valleys like mm -hmm. some of the life has to be dark to find the light. And I'll give you a little per a, a more recent personal story of mine. I had no intentions of talking about this, but here we are. But a few months ago, I was in a very, very dark time um, in all as aspects of my life, physically, emotionally, relationally, financially. It was a similar rock bottom um, that just like hit all aspects of me. And it took a lot of courage for me to end up completely transforming my life, turn it upside down. It involved, you know, a change of relationship status, moving across the country, like completely starting my life and business over, everything changed. And looking back on that, I have a video that I had um, filmed of myself a few months ago and I'm just in tears. I look puffy, like, and I, I it was so alone. I, my flights were canceled for the holidays when everybody's were canceled during the snowstorms. And so I laugh now, I, I'm getting to see my family very soon, but I had never felt so emotionally not together considering how much personal development I do. I was like, wow, this is the lowest I have felt. Um, and it reminded me of a couple of things. One, mental fortitude and mindfulness and all these things are a practice. We will never, just like fitness, we don't just do a meditation one day and mm -hmm. oh, we're 
good. You know, like it is a practice and we will be tested. And so it just was a testament to the fact like, okay, I probably could handle this worse considering all the mindset stuff I've done, but I still need to do a lot more to get out of this. And then the second piece is there was so much light waiting for me on the other side. And I feel like I'm living in this flow state of abundance. I have never been more grateful for every aspect of my life, physically, emotionally, spiritual, relationally, all the things. And I realized that none of that could have happened had I not gotten to that bottom. I wouldn't have even known that I was in such a a rut to escape from. And now, you know, that I'm here in this place of light, I know that other valleys are going to come, but like here it had to, right. I had to be in that low, dark spot in order for light to be, to shine. And so for anybody in that dark place, just know, like you cannot, there's polarity there. You cannot have the light without the dark. Yeah. I guess I'll stop. No, no, I'm, I'm listening. I'm enthralled because it's, it's true, right. You know, it's one of those things that you had said about with meditation, right. And mindfulness and stuff like that. I think, you know, you, we do come across a lot of toxic positivity where it's just like, just do this and you'll be fine. But it is very much a daily practice, whatever, however that looks for you. It could be exercising every day. It could be journaling every morning. It could be, um, whatever it may be, but it has to, you have to have a daily practice for it, for you to really make it a change and to really build up your resilience. But it's foolish for us to think that if we practice mindfulness um, and meditate every day, that we're never going to experience our lows. It just, it means that our lows won't be as hard. Like you mentioned, it won't be as hard as they may have been before because you're doing that work. But I, you know, when we have these mindset conversations, it just, there seems to not be that acknowledgement of like, hey, you're going to have a hard day again. <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, it, Absolutely. Just like when you, you know, train your shoulder press, the 25s, you know, they start to feel a little lighter, but they're still heavy, right? The 30s are going to come along and they're going to give you a run for your money. It's the exact same thing. I, I always just say it's a practice, right? And we have to continue to practice. We practice our whole lives. We will never be perfect. And whatever, I like that you brought up that that practice looks different for everybody. Um, one of the pillars of my um, protocols is, you know, in healing is uh, stress management. And part mm-hmm. of that is a mindfulness practice. And I do not think any practice is better than another. I think whatever that is for you works for you. You know, that can be journaling, meditation, breath work, grounding. We could get into all sorts yeah. of stuff. Uh, I was going to say that's, oh, the rabbit hole there. There's a lot that I've, I have practiced and there's things that I have discarded that don't work for me and things that resonate quite well. And that's just how I set up my day. I'm curious, actually, do you have a practice right now that you're like, I have to do this? Yeah. So daily journaling. So I'm not, um, because of my way, my brain works because of the way I work. I'm not like a meditation person. Um, I do try to spend time with my animals and like, just really, you know, that touch kind of thing. Um, and I do breath work here and there, but that's just more of like throughout my day. It's not, it's, it's maybe it's functional is not the term, but it's like more in my life. But in terms of like really sitting down, I journal every morning and every night. Like it's just something I need to do to get me through my day to put towards myself. Uh, But yeah, that's just, that's my practice. And it it really does help me even on hard days. It's like, I did this for myself. 
So that's my practice. What is yours? Other than the sunlight, is there another one that you do? Yes, big fan of the sunlight too. Yes. So um, when I am very good about it, my ideal practice would be to, when I wake up in the mornings, my alarm goes off if it needs to, and I shut it off. And then I'm, I don't look at the phone until I've completed my practice. And so um, my practice involves a little bit of breath work, a little bit of meditation, journaling for sure. Um, I find that getting our thoughts out on paper is so nice because it forces our brains to slow down. Our hand, hands cannot keep up with our thoughts. And so we're able to actually formulate a full thought instead of jumping from one thing to the mm -hmm. next. Um, and then after that, it's getting just a few minutes outside, um, you know, looking at the sunrise if I'm able to, or if it's raining, going for just a quick walk. Um, and then from there, I will like check in with my phone if I need to. Nice. And so can you just take me through your, your coaching and kind of like what you've learned for yourself and how you apply it to your clients? I would love to. So all of my clients are a little bit different. Um, depending on what they come to me for, I, you know, treat them in the functional medicine lens. And so they're coming with hormone issues, gut health issues, autoimmune, chronic fatigue, those kinds of things. So, um, I'll run an initial set of labs for them. And depending on what those labs tell me, then I'm catering. I have five pillars that I cater those protocols based on their results and what they're telling me and also what's applicable. You and I had talked about, um, you know, having grace with people and, and meeting you where you're at. So, I don't expect perfection, but we are going to address nutrition. We are going to address your rest habits. So sleep schedules, sleep habits. Um, we are going to address exercise and stress management. And that involves physical stressors that involves emotional. And then it also involves environmental. There's a lot of things in our environment that can affect the way our body is functioning. Um, and the final one is supplementation. If I feel like that's necessary or the lab results tell me we're missing something nutrient wise, mm -hmm. um, or we need to encourage a process, then I do that as well. And the lens that I practice under is, you know, yes, somebody will come to me with a parasite or a hormone imbalance or their thyroid's not working or they're fatigued and all these markers show that no matter what though, I am looking to eliminate stressors from the body. And again, that comes in the form of physical, emotional, environmental, all sorts of stressors. And we're going to optimize your health in a way where your body has the ability to heal. It's not fighting these constant stressors. So that's what I do. Um, and a lot of that is being able to deposit more energy back into what I call like your bank account. So like we're mm -hmm. always taking away money from our bank account through, let's say I eat a food that's not good for me. Okay. My body has to take away energy and fight it. Okay. My immune system is down because the test says so, or I have a parasite and my body's taking energy to fight this parasite. It's like, okay, well let's get rid of it. And now there's more energy to heal. There's more energy to produce hormones for that hormone imbalance. That's why I don't treat with like, um, like hormone medication. I, I just try to like get the body primed to do its own thing. Um, and as far as like the mindset work goes, it's like, can we get into a parasympathetic state? Now, this is very important for people who are training with body comp goals in mind. We quite literally cannot build muscle mass without being in a parasympathetic state. The hormones, we talk about testosterone, DHEA, the precursors, literally do not function unless we're parasympathetic. And so the whole being woo-woo is great for your gains because... <laughs> you are able to be anabolic. And we live in a world that is so catabolic. We're so fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Everything is on to the next thing, or I have to be in this place, or my kid's crying, or 
I have to go, I have to do this workout. It's like, hold on, sweetheart, take a second. Is this serving you or is this digging you into a bigger hole? That's the ones I treat from. I'm so glad that you brought it up. That is the same thing that I, you know, how I coach in terms of this idea of like, you don't have to do anything. Like this is about what you can do and the percent that you can give. And it's, it's so important. (laughs) I mean, I come from with a journalist background and everything. I do very much come from that hustle culture. Right. And it's very much like you have to do, you have to be, you have to be, you have to be. Um, and it just drains you so much. And it's so good to hear coaches go, no, we're not going to do it that way. Like we are going to make sure that you're in a space where, like you said, this serves you. And that really does help mental health wise too. Right. Yes. I have a phrase that I use with my clients and I've put this on Instagram before of, uh, learning the balance between doing and being. And so it's like, we are doing something. Maybe you go get your workout in. Hell yeah. We want to be, you know, cortisol dominant for that. We want to be alert and awake to perform well. But then after that, maybe you take some time, you go take a little walk out in nature and you just let your mind do its thing. And we're just here to be, and we can relax and our body can restore or, okay, I'm doing, I'm going to the grocery store, running my errands, but now I'm going to come back home and cook my meal and be, and enjoy that experience. So that when I go to eat it, I can actually rest and digest and my digestion can do its thing instead of being freaked out. (laughs) And I wonder why I bloat after every meal. Well, darling, are you chewing your food or are we scrolling through Instagram and you're eating it super fast? Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad you brought up that being and doing and like that example of like eating and scrolling through Instagram. You know, one thing I, I talk for for myself and talk to clients about is, you know, if you're going, 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 and then all of a sudden you crash that that's why, right? Like it's, it's with being sick for me, it's like, I go, 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 go. And then the minute I get a moment to rest, my body's like, okay, we are going to do all of the things that you prevented me from doing. And now you're going to experience it all at once. And so like being conscious and having that compassion for yourself so that you're not just existing right? You're being, you're not just existing and doing, you're not in that, you know, state of going, right? It's so important to avoiding those crashes. Absolutely. I'm really glad you brought this up as far as energy goes. And when the body just gives out on itself, the lens that I also treat from is like most 90%, 80% of things going on. It's an internal process that our actions determine for us. And The tests are great markers. Like the lab data is awesome for me to have an idea of what's going on. But all that's telling me is where the body's taking out your lifestyle. Is it taking energy from your digestive system? Is it taking energy on your immune liver? Whatever that is, is simply where the body's like, yo, you've been doing way too much. You have not been caring for me. And I need to keep up with you and your thoughts and your crazy to-do list. And I, I can't let this, this organ run the same way anymore. And that's where symptoms show up. Taking away layers of that stress is going to do crazy amounts of healing for you. And so if we can already start to implement some of those practices of being, like you said, conscious of our habits, 
are we taking time to fill our cups up? Then awesome. I find that people in the service industry, and I'm talking coaches, I'm talking teachers, I'm talking anybody. You already know what I'm going to say here. Is that we give, give, give. I do it too. And we do not take time to fill our own cup up. And how the hell am I supposed to pour into your cup if I got nothing here? Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing that is so tied to that is the is guilt, right? And so it's like, how do people push past that guilt of not doing and not going and not giving, especially when you get all these messages that say, you must have this, or you must be that, or if you're not doing this, or you're not at this point in your life, you're not working hard enough, you're not motivated enough, you don't want it enough. And you just feel you internalize that. So you feel like you need to do that. And so it's like, how do we even combat that when it's just hammering at us? I would say that one of the approaches I have adopted is um, not playing the comparison game because something that I fell into, even as a competitor in bodybuilding is that hustle grind culture. We love to glamorize the hustle and the grind in a bodybuilding prep, especially now that is a special scenario where you are choosing to do something that is extreme. I fully recognize that. Um, and I chose to participate in that. So have you, um, mm -hmm. but even in our jobs, you are choosing to, I understand we have to pay bills. You're choosing to show up somewhere. Right. And understanding that if you need a mental health day, or if you need to say no to somebody's plans, or you need to just take 10 minutes to get off your phone and just go, like stand outside for a moment and really just be just for a second to reset your headspace. Every anybody can take 10 minutes somewhere in their day. Mm -hmm. That is going to go a lot further than letting that cyclical loop of like, I'm not doing enough. And, and because I'm not doing enough, then I am not going to become this. And if I'm not going to become this, then I'm a failure at life. And I'm not sure how much into like ego speak that you have touched on on your podcast, but that's not even you. Like mm -hmm. that's your ego talking, saying like, I am this and I am this. And it goes back to the labeling. It's like, oh, if I'm not, you know, uh, the most productive person in my job, then I'm worthless. I'm not enough. If I don't lose X amount of pounds, I am not enough. It's like, you already are, you perceive what that worth is for you and comparing yourself to somebody else's productivity or results is the silliest thing because it only causes you harm. And yeah. so that's how I get rid of some of the guilt sometimes. It's like, this is my journey. This is where I've been. And I am exactly where I need to be right now. And I find so much comfort in that. I had like, I had to go through the valleys and that suck to get to where I am now. And there's more valleys and more light ahead of me. And I just want to take it kind of day by day in stride. And I love that phrase that you use, you know, you are exactly where you need to be. And it's just, it's again, going back to having like those reminders for yourself. And I think also accepting who you are, right? I think there's some things with the ego, you know, you go back to where you're like, I shouldn't be like this, but you are still this way, or I shouldn't do this, but you still do that. So it's either, you know, you continue to feel guilty or you just accept that that's who you are. Like, I remember a very specific conversation I had with my son and he was asking me a question and I was going through my notifications on my phone. And I told him, honestly, I'm like, this is my anxiety. I need to check my notifications. If I keep them on my phone, I'm just going to think about them all day. And I could try to change it and just have my phone aside and be like, no, I'm not going to do it. Or I could just accept that part of myself as part of myself and be like, no, 
this is what I need to do to myself to get through my day. And that makes me feel better. And sometimes accepting what you perceive as flaws or what you feel guilty about, about yourself, it can be so freeing. It's just being going to be like, no, this is my endo. This is my neuroticism. This is my anxiety. This is how it shows up. This is what I need to do. And, you know, I will handle it when I know I'm in a space to be able to handle it. Yes. I love the awareness piece. I also love the labeling of whatever's going on. It's not you. It is a, it's something else, right? You are, when somebody comes to me, I I get this all the time with client calls. They'll say, I'm an anxious person. No, you are not an anxious person. You may have anxiety. You are perfect the way you are. You are not anxious. We will work through some of those symptoms or whatever it is, but that is outside of you. It is not a part of you. And so having that awareness of like, there are things that are going to impact us, but you are not those labels, just like you're not a diagnosis. You may have, you know, you had cancer, you were not cancer. Exactly. Same principle. Yeah. And I think that disassociation from those labels is so important when it comes to mental health, right? It's like, you can accept it as a part of your daily life, but you don't have to be defined by it. You know? Absolutely. I think it it allows you to have power of the situation and understand that you can control your perception, no matter how horrible that situation may be, you can control your perception of that situation. It's like, okay, the acceptance of this is my scenario how can I move forward, right? If we just mull in the scenario itself, um, this is a very funny little story. I like have this distinct core memory of spilling raspberries all over my kitchen floor in college and it melted me. Like I had just went grocery shopping, spilled raspberries everywhere. I was like, oh my gosh, my raspberries. This is like the most first world problem ever. And I, in that moment, thought my whole day was ruined. And I did the same thing after years of personal development, spilled some damn raspberries not too long ago. And I realized after the fact, you know, I spilled them and I laughed and I was like, I just accepted the situation, picked them up, you know, ate a few, tossed a few. Right. And it was just like, okay, this is the scenario. What can I do about it? How can I move on? It's already happened. And Mm -hmm. that's a very lighthearted example to just show like, okay, there was awareness. It was not going to define me or my day or even my life. Right. You touch on something also really important, you know, understanding our triggers as well, right? It's like sometimes the smallest little thing that may cause a reaction is, and maybe not in the raspberry case, but I've like, you know, having that self-awareness and knowing that, okay, this little thing is actually very much tied to this. And it's like to do that work on that small trigger or that trigger, you, you know, you have to acknowledge and accept where it's coming from too I don't know the raspberry story just made me think about that because it's like sometimes you know you you get upset over something that just seems so inconsequential but then when you really break down that situation you're like oh this is where it's coming from so then in the future you could recognize a similar situation and go oh no I know where this is coming from and this is how I'm going to remove myself from this or you'd be able to uh, shorten that reaction, if you will, right? Absolutely, yeah. And and the more we practice acceptance, the, the less that we're reacting and the more we're creating solutions. I like to be more creative than I am reactive. 
yeah, the whole reactive versus responding, right? You know, are you reacting or are you responding to the situation? So we've been through so much. I think we've went through a lot of good conversation here. So is there anything else that maybe you want to touch on that we haven't touched on yet in regard to whether the conversation about mental health, self-awareness, your own coaching? I think we touched on a variety of things. I think that no matter who's listening, um, I hope that they're empowered by this um, episode of of ours, Um, you know, whether that's from a standpoint of advocating for themselves not only in healthcare, but other other places of their life, whether it's tapping into their intuition and understanding like you do know yourself best. And if something is making you feel a certain way, hopefully you can find a voice or support to help you find that voice and take steps to live the way you want to. Like you have all the power in the world to create the reality that you want to create. And just knowing that you have that power and you have hopefully support around you that you can start to take baby steps. It will not happen overnight. It's just like a fitness journey doesn't happen overnight. There's small little steps you have to take. The same thing happens when we want to come into our power in a certain way. It doesn't, you don't just wake up one day and you're like, I'm a powerful badass queen. You know, (laughs) I wish. And even, even after you do so, you still have to practice. So Um, I just hope, you know, that something resonated in the sense of owning your power with your audience. And, you know, it it ties into what I do as like a healer physically, right? As soon as we take control of our own health, we can heal ourselves. And that's where my story, you know, that's, that's how I found functional medicine. That's what I teach people to do. It's like, it's not even me. I have sources and education, but this is all you. You're the one doing the healing. Absolutely. And I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you so they can go ahead and follow you. Yes, absolutely. My main point of contact is going to be Instagram. Um, My handle is Sierra, S-I-E-R-R-A, trains, like training, T-R-A-I-N-S. I was like, do I know how to spell Sierra trains? Um, It's a play on bodybuilding and my last name from a while ago, my last name's Bain, so... Um, you find me there. I'm sure you'll have the handle or whatever, but that's my main source, my website and how to work with me is all attached to links above, but I love just chatting with people in the DMs about everything. So, (laughs) um, that's where you can find me. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Coach Sierra. It was such a great conversation and I hope we get to talk soon. Absolutely, girl. Thank you. So that was my conversation with Coach Ciara. I really do hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you take that advice and apply it to your life. I know I will. And please do go follow her on Instagram. The content she puts out is so informed. It's so great. You'll just love it. And while you're at it, if you don't already, follow me at Stillwell Fitness. That's S-T-I-L-L. W-E-L-L-F-I-T-N-E-S-S and check me out at stillwellfit.com where I have a lot more information and a blog and products and all that fun stuff. I will say that all the proceeds from my store this month will go to kidney cancer research. So please buy some of my stuff, my journals, my t-shirts, my cookbook, uh, e-cookbook that is. Um, It would help so much. And yeah, I hope you listen in next week.